Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a podcast from Joy's jazz show, Bent Notes. Tune in live each Sunday night at joy.org.au. My special guest on Bent Notes is a trumpet player, composer, educator and researcher who has worked in Australia, Europe and America. His music has been described as world-class stuff, highly individual style, by Jim McLeod of the ABC's Jazz Track program. Paul Williamson's PhD thesis was entitled Developing Technical Control, ensemble interaction and flow within jazz performance. It's my pleasure to bid a very warm welcome back to Bent Notes to Paul Williamson. Welcome, Paul. Thanks, David. Thanks for that lovely introduction and uh, a warm hello to all your listeners. It's been a couple of years since we spoke. I think it was back in 2016. You were just releasing Live at Uptown at the time. Yeah, yeah. A couple of things have happened since then, huh? <laughs> oh, indeed they have. <laughs> World-class stuff. What did you think when you heard Jim McLeod's description of your music as stuff? Oh, gee, I... Um, look, I'll take anything if those uh, if the uh, it's preceded by those previous words. Yeah, it was very kind, and, and Jim and uh, so many people around the scene are so supportive, uh, including people such as yourself. And and I know you know all the artists and musicians. We really appreciate it. He also mentioned a highly individual style. From your perspective, what is it that gives you an individual style, or gives anyone an individual style? Yeah, that, that's a really tricky question. And I think um, you mentioned research and things like that. I think sometimes people try to delve into that within formal research in music and and it can be a tricky one to explicate um, and articulate. I'm giving you a long-winded answer here, but um, I look, I think generally for many Australian jazz pr- practitioners, and I'll include myself, I think we've geographically, um, you know, we, we obviously sit uh, a long way from everywhere, um, but also I think our influences, especially over previous decades before technology allowed us all to be able to access everything at any time, meant that, um, you know, we're obviously influenced by the great American jazz tradition, but also the European jazz tradition, the Nordic jazz tradition, and then I think. I'm getting to my point here, David, sorry, is that I think there's a really special thing that maybe combines a lot of those things with also our own communities here in Australia. And I think that um, maybe that collage of different influences as well as our own communities helps develop each of our own sound. And that leads me on to another quote that I've read from Kenny Weir in the Sunday Herald Sun where he says, bloody brilliant, very Melbourne and very magnificent. He's talking about a Melbourne sound. Is that along the same lines as what you've just described? I think so. And I'm going to sort of artfully try and sidestep your, <laughs> your question here. I, look, I think that many of us feel that there's... Uh, John Shand wrote a great book called, uh, what was it, The Australian Accent or something like that. And there's something going on here. 
whether it's unique or distinctive or different, I think the important thing is that it is world class and it's high quality and it's engaging, exciting music. So um, I think, you know, the Australian musicians are up there with everything that's going on around the world. And there is so much of it. We only have to look at the various jazz clubs around or the the venues that present jazz to see how many amazing musicians we have. It's not the same names we see all the time. Uh, we get quite a variety. Yeah, real, real diversity and different generations. There's so many amazing elders and established musicians, but also the emerging musicians are constantly um, inspiring and exciting too. So it's a really diverse and rich scene that I think we can, yeah, again, you can tell I'm, I'm pretty proud to be part of it. Now let's take you back a couple of years to your PhD thesis. It was titled Developing Technical Control, Ensemble Interaction and Flow Within Jazz Performance. Now I can understand some of the aspects there of technical control and ensemble interaction, but what does flow mean in the context of a jazz performance? Well I think I'll just lead to the context of why I was looking at flow, um, the sort of psychological concept uh, most famously developed by Mihai Chizmenz Mihai. And, and that was because I felt this disconnect often in my performance when I, I'd, I'd prepare for a performance and then I'd get to the gig and I'd play and I'd be overthinking things and I, I'd just be trying too hard, I think, perhaps part of, um, you know, a bit of performance nerves. And I, I, I realised that I needed to figure out strategies just to kind of let go um, where I would still be very aware and have maybe a heightened awareness but I would bring myself back to the moment and therefore hopefully interact and create music that was generated according to what was happening in the moment. Is that uh, a case of learning things by rote or is it more complex and and more into the brain working in one sense harder, but in one sense, from what I hear you say, less hard by not trying to think everything through? Yeah, I think the latter, um, obviously, and the former too, the preparation is is the key in terms of, um, well, probably many things in life, but definitely music performance. But I think for a while, I had prepared too much predetermined responses materials. And what I needed to do was, uh, practice and prepare in a way that allowed me to be more responsive to what was happening in the real-time moment. So in other words, uh, we could develop a whole language, but only using parts of our language, for instance, in a conversation, according to what happens in the moment, what you ask me in the moment, how I respond, and then we have the conversation. Whereas I was uh, finding myself going to performances and and playing a musical conversation, and it had nothing to do with the conversation that the ensembles were having. It was a pre-rehearsed conversation. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> and the other members of the ensemble may not have actually been across that conversation. No, and look, perhaps they weren't aware of it, and perhaps, but it was it was an experience that I was having, and I, and I was, this beautiful thing of uh, music making wasn't, frequently wasn't as fulfilling as I had, had known it can be when you get into more of a flow state. Now, you also talk in your thesis about creating music of artistic value. How do we know that music is of artistic value? Great question, because it's clearly very subjective. 
and I think one of the one of the things that I tried to do in my PhD was sort of outline things that for me and for my creativity and my music making things that I could define as being of artistic value. Is it something that's only recognised by the musicians who are playing? Yeah, I think that's fair. But I also feel that um, audiences do tend to pick up on performances that are engaging and powerful. And I'm not suggesting that they need to, the performances, uh, the audience don't necessarily need to know the theory. They don't need to be overthinking it. But when musicians of any genre perform in an engaging and powerful way, I have a sense that generally that does impact the audience and they feel it too. Uh, The audience certainly feels when an ensemble is working so well together that it's as if they're just one mind. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's what we hope for. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) We'll be chatting shortly, Paul, about your Northside homegrown project described as showcasing your Latin twist on your Melbourne sounds. So that comes at Melbourne Sounds again. I'm interested in understanding how flow and artistic value is achieved in that particular project. But before that, let's have a listen to some music. Now, you've just released a new album called Dark Energy. A piece I thought we might play is called Supernova. Give us a quick rundown of what Dark Energy is. I started to become fascinated with... Uh, something very broad here but known unknowns and and one of them those things is the concept of dark energy which is knowledge of this sort of matter that's supposedly a huge portion of the universe and yet very little is known definitively about it at least that's my very layman's take on it so that sort of inspired a whole bunch of compositions and then also in the studio the compositions were so intense that then a second portion of the recording, we did a whole lot of just spontaneous improvisations reflecting musically on those compositions. Supernova is the result of one of those. Oh, magnificent. So it's a completely improvised couple of minutes of magnificent music. 100%. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Let's have a listen to Supernova. My guest on Bent Notes is Melbourne-based trumpeter, composer, educator and researcher Paul Williamson. You're listening to Bent Notes on Joy 94.9. listening to a podcast from bent notes find more podcasts and show blogs at joy.org.au you're listening to bent notes on joy 94.9 where my guest on bent notes is melbourne-based trumpeter composer educator and researcher paul williamson paul you're performing at the beautiful hawthorne arts center on june the 10th with your north side homegrown project what is that project yeah thanks david um we're thrilled to be invited to perform there and that project maybe the the name of the band sums up somewhat it's music that's created by the musicians that are part of the jazz and improvised community in the north side here of melbourne north side of melbourne and homegrown refers to just simply original music that we're all passionate about it doesn't necessarily mean that it's uniquely australian although i think that because the musicians are australian we we bring you know, all of those factors, our cultural, our environmental, our our musical and personal backgrounds to our performance. 
But certainly there's influences from the American and the European and the Nordic jazz traditions as well. All interspersing into the Melbourne sound of Northside Homegrown. You got it. (laughs) (laughs) We talked about flow a short time ago, which was discussed in your thesis. Does flow exist in this project? It does. And I'm going to, I just thought of a little example of things, something that I realised in the past, what I was, I was heavily notating these arrangements. And I realised I was playing with all of these spectacular musicians and I wasn't giving them room to do and be what they are and what they can create. So a lot of this music is deliberately written with space that the musicians are encouraged to contribute to the composition and the the music making. So space and and things aren't as heavily notated. So it still sounds like it's... uh, you know, specific kind of tunes, but um, there's room for the ensemble to create the music according to how it feels in the moment to the ensemble members. Obviously, flow is a significant part of your mindset, having used that in your thesis. Is it something that you talk about with your various projects, or is it something that just happens? I try and set up musical scenarios that are conducive to encouraging flow, I, I'm presuming that many many of the musicians I play with seem to have no problems getting to the core of what they want to say and do musically and creatively. So I'm going to jump ahead and presume that, that they are achieving some kind of flow state. But in terms of how that connects as an ensemble, that's some things that I can help facilitate through what I write or how I run the rehearsals or how I run the gigs and I would say at this stage, just because it's something I'm I'm really fascinated in, because it was something I was struggling with with my music making, doesn't mean that I've uh, I've got the magic key to accessing flow. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone out there who's thinking, oh, who is this guy? But um, but uh, it's certainly something that I see as I reflect, and I do chat to many musicians that when things are going great musically, and they reflect on it, they they suggest that they're in something that resembles. A flow state. That's good to hear. The promo material tells us that we should expect swing, groove and Latin tinges with a distinctly Melbourne flair. There's that Melbourne side of things coming into it again. The word groove seems to have popped up into the general lexicon of jazz over the last couple of years here in Melbourne. How do you describe groove? I'm so... uh... Uh, When you're mentioning those labels, I know as musicians we, we need to do these to help maybe guide or just give it an indication a short summary it is a dangerous thing definitions i find it because it's like the word jazz i mean as we both know it's it's over 100 years of incredibly diverse it could mean anything or can mean many things but back to your question in this case oh, groove all right, I'm going to I'm going to sidestep that, and I'm going to say <laughs> that that, that uh, at least two of us in the, in the band, Sam Kevers and myself, had many years been passionate about playing, um, you know, Latin jazz and Afro-Cuban and Cuban music. Certainly, for many years, we both performed in a band led by Sam called Los Cabronis. So when I knew that Sam was part of this project, I definitely wrote some music in mind thinking that that was a a musical zone we wanted to go to because Sam's such a beautiful musician. You've mentioned Sam. We should mention the other members of uh, Northside Homegrown, shouldn't we? That'd be great. So we've got Carl Mackey, who's 
phenomenal saxophonist, Helen Svoboda on uh, bass and also a fantastic vocalist. Miles Henry, who is an amazing drummer who I met through Monash. He was a student there and uh, he was such an exciting talent and a lovely warm energy that we ended up playing. And then, then when this project came up, it was a great opportunity to formalize that in the band. I've forgotten anyone so Sam Keevers piano and I'll, and I'll just add that of course all of those amazing musicians are composers in their own right they're all right for this project and also they're all amazing band leaders with all of their own projects and records so yeah it's it's a real um it's it's an absolute pleasure performing with those musicians It'll be a night of originals from each member of the band. Yeah, and that's part of the what I realised too. It's, with certain projects of mine, I've written all of the music, and which was great. But I like the idea of more of a collective contribution. Everyone feels they're invested musically and creatively, and it. I think it helps get a bit of a community ensemble. When you talk about the Latin tinges, is this something that's been composed by into the music by the composers, or is it something that you ingest into the music as you play it? I think the first. Uh, I think Sam and both myself have written some sections, and I can <laughs> I can tie back and finally answer one of your early questions. There's a couple of. Um, sections of music that have Latin types of grooves that are tied down by a rhythmic clave, but all the audience needs to know is that they would hear it and they would immediately recognise it as sounding, you know, like a Latin, something they'd heard in a sort of Latin jazz thing. And it's, you know, highly infectious. You just can't help but to move parts of your body and smile and feel good, I reckon. Well, that sounds a pretty good explanation of groove. Great. Why has the word only come into the general lexicon in the last couple of years and years before that? It didn't seem to be as strong. Yeah, it's it's a good question, isn't it? I, I, I don't have the answer, but I wonder whether, again, it's just more of an umbrella term that people use when they don't want to say something. They don't want to be very specific with the type of grooves so that maybe they don't want to suggest... Oh, it's got you know funk undertones or it's got a rock type of groove or it's got a drum and bass or a boogaloo and certainly this music I don't want to confuse your listeners but it does have many different types of grooves in there but I think again the main thing is that hopefully the audience will be listening and sitting there and before they know it parts of their body are, are moving and, and they're feeling great because of the rhythmic grooves that are existing in the music. Many different types of grooves for many different types of music within the genre that happens to be just given a four-letter word for the name being jazz. Yeah. For all the details about the Northside Homegrown gig at the Hawthorne Arts Centre on Friday, June 10 from 8pm, including bookings, search for Homegrown Hawthorne and click on the Borondara link. That's the best way to find it. Paul, thank you so much for your time chatting about flow, groove, artistic value, and most importantly, Northside Homegrown. Thanks, David. Thanks again for your support, and thanks all of, to all of the listeners as well. We really hope to see you at the gig. It sounds like a real treat for our ears and a really good, feel-good, groovy night. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. My guest on Bent Notes has been Melbourne-based trumpeter, composer, educator, and researcher, Paul Williamson. You're listening to Bent Notes on Joy 94.9. You've been listening to a podcast from Bent Notes. 
Join us live each Sunday night on Joy 94.9. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.